This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. Get the knowledge you need from Jen Duplessis with more than 35 years in business and as an entrepreneur and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is national and international speaker and coach, Jen Duplessis. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am so excited today because I'm going to be talking to Phil Treadwell and Phil was so great and gracious to have me on his podcast, which is called, I got to get the name because you know, you know your own podcast name, um, Mortgage Marketing Expert Podcast. And uh, you know, he was so gracious to have me on his podcast a while ago. I don't even remember what it was, Phil. Who knows? It was sometime last fall, I think. Yeah, maybe we'll post both. You know, I've been doing my podcast for four years now. So after a while doing it every week, you have no idea, you know. Yes. Um, but I want to just say, before I introduce Phil, I want to I say thank you so much for joining us today and spending a little bit of your day with us so that we can help you move forward in your personal and professional growth. And if you're new to our podcast, I want to say thank you. Thanks for listening. And please be sure to share this forward with um, anyone that you feel would enjoy listening to what we're talking about um, for the benefit of all sales professionals and entrepreneurs. So, um, and by the way, we're now at 32,000 subscribers. So I want to say thank you. Thanks for doing all that. So let's just kind of dig in. Let me introduce you to, um, to Phil. He is the vice president um, uh, of development and the regional manager of Mason McDuffie Mortgage. And he's based out of Texas. Now, is McDuffie Mortgage only in Texas? Because I've never heard of Mason McDuffie Mortgage. No. So Mason McDuffie is actually based in San Ramon, California. And the brand of Mason McDuffie has been around since 1887 uh, on the real estate side. Ah, so okay. the McDuffie and Mason McDuffie there's a Mount McDuffie in California. He created the Parks and Recreation Department for the state of California. So they're, they're heavy in the Bay Area and the West Coast. And they've hired me to not only help us kind of uh, move forward with some of our, our marketing development, but to build out, uh, you know, Texas and the center part of the country. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, you know, I live in Washington, D.C. And, and so an equal player here would be Long and Foster Realtors, which has Prosperity Mortgage. So, you know, people are like, who is that? And, you know, it's just a big regional but it you know encompasses a couple of, of states and of course here in in the east coast that is like seven states because right. we're awful close together <laughs> uh, so as i mentioned before he's the founder and host um of uh, mortgage marketing podcast and he's a co-founder of industry syndicate um industry syndicate media network so i mean very techie guy lives in Dallas, Texas with his kids. And when something really cool about him is that he opened a craft beer brewery in 2015. So now is that still open? 
It is still open. I don't have my ownership uh, interest in anymore. Uh, when I moved to Texas, uh, my partner and, and co-founder, um, you know, took over the brewery. But having a lot of success, getting ready to build a, a brand new facility, um, it was it was kind of a, a labor of love or a passion project, if you will. In the in the uh, early 2012, 13, 14, I had lived in Denver briefly, and when I moved back to Northwest Arkansas in uh, Bentonville, where Walmart headquarters is that county was still a dry county and it was in the process oh of going God. wet. And oh so God. it was, it was really interesting. We were the, one of the first uh, breweries since prohibition in, in that county. And so uh, the first one in Bentonville and uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, learned a ton about uh, craft beer and, and uh, the three-step system and all, all the things that, that go into to beer and, and uh, alcohol distribution. So I figured since mortgage and money is such a highly regulated business and so is, is, uh, is alcohol, I needed uh, to pick one and focus on it because we were juggling a lot of compliance people. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, you just wanted to shoot your head in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, we own a percentage of a local winery and they just opened a brewery next door. So what type of beer do you like? I'm going to bring you some. So I like all kinds of beer. I am not a beer snob where I have to have, you know, certain types or I won't drink anything else. I'm, uh, I typically tend to local and craft beer just because I like to support those local businesses. Um, you know, if, if I were just going to go pick one, I would probably pick, you know, a brown ale or a porter or something like That's that. What but. I needed to know. Yeah, I don't drink beer at all, so I don't even know. But I, I watch my husband order, so I know there's these words. <laughs> tell me the words and we'd be good okay well i'm going to bring you some when i see you that's yeah. awesome i'm excited thank you and so one of the reasons that we're talking today um is that we're going to be both speaking at um the vision summit right down in tampa on september 25th and of course our goal here is to make sure that this um, podcast is released before then so that we both have the opportunity to chit chat with people and see people when we're down there Okay, so you're going to be, I'm going to actually be facilitating the digital domination panel, and I'm going to be speaking on a different panel, but um, moderating that one, and you're going to be on the panel. So I'm, this is like our test run. It's like a rehearsal. Yes. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure or anything like that. Um, but what I, what I wanted to talk about today, um, as it relates to that digital domination, and you know, a lot of my uh, podcasts recently have been about social media, and I and I know that that's one of the reasons that you're on this digital domination, but I'd like to talk to you about how you're mixing that or how your team is mixing that or you're guiding people to mix that uh, social media with actual lead generation because it's not the only way to lead generate these days. And I know that a lot of people have frustration. I know my personal you know, coaching clients have a lot of frustration with the time and effort that's required to... Uh, do all the social media to really feel like they're not getting actual leads. They might get branding. They might be able to expand their brand, right? Um, expand their brand um, and get exposure as we call it. But really no one's getting actual, I shouldn't say no one. A lot of people feel like they're not getting actual business from it. So how, how do we co-mingle or integrate that with our regular activities? Because I think that a lot of people aren't doing their regular activities either. I 100% agree. And I'm, I'm really glad we're having this conversation because I think as we talk on panels uh, and do speaking engagements, even on our respective podcasts, we yeah. talk a lot about social media and technology and all of these tactics that you can use. And what I like to remind people is that social media is about being social. 
and I'm not going to go down a, a social media path here because we're never talking about lead creation, but that's part of it. If you're using social media to meet people and to create relationships, that's a great start because you and I both know the, the mortgage industry is, has, and always will be about relationships, about meeting people. Well, social media is an opportunity to get to know more people than you ever could. It's a very unintrusive way. So that branding aspect that you're talking about it. Right. The easiest way to create leads, um, you know, as far as from a social media aspect, is to use those to create relationships so that you can actually pick up the phone and call someone. That's one thing that people aren't doing anymore is they're not picking up the phone and having conversations. And they're not going into mortgage or real estate offices and, and, and meeting realtors and, and developing those relationships. And that's really what the easiest way to create leads when it comes to the aspect of social media is use it to get to know someone, find out something about them. So when you're rocking through a real estate office, you can say, hey, I saw you and your family out on the lake this weekend. I, I hope that was a lot of fun. I hope you stayed safe. Or I, I saw that this life event happened you'll get more response because again, you're using social media for social purposes and we're not constantly talking about our business. And from a lead generation aspect, there's lots of ads you can run. There's lots of tactics that people can Google or, or find different systems. But when people are frustrated about, you know, not figuring out how to create leads through social media, it's because they're trying to use it as an advertising portal. They're trying to just market on there as opposed to letting people get to know them and them getting to know other people. But if we think back, you know, early in my career, the way that I got to know realtors was I'd take flyers and I walk through real estate offices. I swear to God, I swear to God, for those of you that are watching a video, right? I have written here, I don't know if you can see it, rate sheets, right? Because that's what we did is we hid behind rate sheets. We delivered rate sheets, let it let us deliver it, let it be done. I should be getting business because I delivered a rate sheet. And then it progressed into hiding what I had there, hiding behind keyboard confidence. It's like, oh, now I have email, so I'll just email them. Hey, do you have anybody who you'd like to refer to me? And I'm saying it that way because most people don't know how to ask for business, right? And so it really is. <laughs> Hey, do you have anybody you're talking to? I'd like to maybe kind of get some referrals from you, right? And now what it's done is it's progressed to this, to online, where we're now just pitching things out. And it's one of the, it, it's a big pet peeve of mine where I talk to my client, to people that I'm talking to, you know, having conversations about um, coaching with me. And they're, and I say, well, you know, what are you doing to uh, engage with your clients? You know, what are you doing with your database? Well, I send Loyalty Express, or I send newsletters, or I send flyers. That is not engagement. That's doing something to someone, right? And that's what the flyers did. That's what an email did. That's what, um, you know, progressing into that type of thing where someone's just sending something afterwards. And now here we are. I posted it. Now they'll work with me. Right. And that's it's such a, the, a flawed philosophy because... Yeah. And they're trying to use it like I talk about early, you know, in my career, the way that you marketed, if you will, outside of, you know, taking flyers and walking around real estate offices was the real estate book, right? And then it moved forward from actual traditional publications to websites and you did SEO and search engine optimization and all those different types of things. And now we're in this era of social media. And what I try to make sure and drive home is that it's a huge opportunity to get to know people and find people that you may not have otherwise have bumped into. 
but only for the purposes of gathering information so that you can still go back to the, the old school mentality, if you will, of actually having a conversation with someone and asking for business and talking about the type of business that that you can offer them, the types of things you can offer them to help them grow business. And we talk a lot about adding value. And I think that that's, you know, lead creation, adding value go hand in hand because what is this arbitrary term value? What is it that we're doing to add value in, in, in air quotes? And so I think that that's an important distinction of if you'll find someone and you can use social media to do it, you can use, you know, other ways of getting to know people to find people that, have a philosophical view of the industry the same way you do, it's very easy to find someone that wants to participate in the activities that you do and then find how can you actually help them. You know, Lee Brown is a, is a realtor in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's one of my new favorite people. And she talks a lot about the lender partners that she works with. She wants at least one at bat per month, which means you have to be able to create leads somehow. You have to be able to, you know, market to your social circle, to your sphere of influence, and capture those life events when someone's ready to, to purchase a home, if they're going through a divorce, having a baby, all the things that we know. And I think that the best way to add value to a realtor is to give them an at-bat, give them an opportunity to work with a client that, that may, may not have otherwise come across their path. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, you know, I was, what I was thinking about was, and I forgot, I already forgot. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I know I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, value, right? I hear people saying all the time, I just need to learn how I, I don't know how to add value or um, I'm trying to add value to a relationship. And I think, and I will go back to my other comment here in just a few minutes, but one, one of the things that I, I think people struggle with is adding value. It's our perception of what value is for someone. Again, getting back to this whole adage of, kind of tossing all this stuff um, out to people, right? And hoping that they will come back to us. It's not true engagement and right. relationship building. And I mean, I'm, I'm an expert at relationship building. This is what I do, right? <laughs> this is what I do for a living. And so it, it to me, does, does the same exact thing, right? Over and over and over again. So one of the things that I wanted to say was, the difference between taking it, I always feel like social media is this. I'm going to create and make the introduction online, and then I want to take the relationship offline, right? Yes. And if we, we look at it that way and say, yes, I may have a 5,000, which I do, like 5,000 friends online, but how many of them do I ha have I taken offline? And if they're not willing to go offline with me, then I unfriend them, quite frankly, I don't want someone who doesn't want a relationship with me. I, want, I don't want someone who wants my notoriety because it, as a friendship, that doesn't work. I 100% agree. And I also think that there's a difference between um, friends that you're posting for or that you're, uh, it, when you talked about posting, okay, I'm done. That's not true engagement. And we talk a lot about engagement in the terms of social media, because if someone likes it or comments, it's like, hey, I got a lot of engagement on that post. Just posting something online and people liking it or commenting on it is the same thing as you seeing someone at a restaurant and you waving at them. They wave back, so they've liked it, right? They've seen a snapshot into your life, which could be a picture of you and your, your spouse at, at dinner. But that doesn't mean that there was true engagement of give and take, have a conversation, which we all know is how relationships are actually built. So when you're talking about if someone, uh, if you put a post out there and someone comments on it and you comment on it back, 
And then that turns into a, a conversation through Facebook Messenger or text and, and leads to true engagement with another human that post was successful in creating engagement. And, and there's lots of tactical ways to do that. But at the end of the day, we're talking about how do you use those things to take it offline and, and truly create a relationship. And I, I can't stress this enough because there's so many amazing systems out there. Even friends of mine that are marketers have phenomenal Facebook lead you know, creation and, and lead conversion systems and, and all of these things to do online. And it's a great way to do business. But when we're talking about the majority of mortgage originators out there, they're working with realtors or other referral partners that you have to create relationships with. And people do business with people they like. How do you find out if you like someone? You have to spend time with them. You have to get to know them. And the early due diligence, this is why this is so much easier than it was when I first was an originator 15 years ago, was I had to just walk in and try to start a conversation where now we get to do some recon. We get to find out what they actually like. Yeah, and yeah. so much easier than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if that's if you're doing cold calling, right? Um, right. Most of my business was always a referral. But yeah, I want to I go back to your comment about, you know, seeing someone in a restaurant. Because I think about this all the time with uh, at dinner parties, right? And, and because my practice is based around lifestyle, right? I, I'm all about the lifestyle. I think about that analogy, which is which is crazy. So you wave to each other from across the room. Let's just say you're at a networking, a dinner party, not a networking dinner party. And you wave, right? That's the like, the comment is, I'm going to take it a step further. The comment is me and you grabbing each other and going, Hey Phil, gosh, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Good. It was, you know, it, it, busy. Oh yeah. Busy. Hey, excuse me just a second. I see someone over there. I want to go ch chat with. <laughs> right. Yep, exactly. That's a comment. Yep. That's all it is. You know, oh, you look good. Great, great. Good to see you. At a dinner party, how many times have we said, hey, it was so good to see you. You know, we need to get together. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> right? That's exactly you what happens. Together. Too. <laughs> you right. don't get together. And so, therefore, you don't forge that relationship forward. Right? You're exactly right. And I, and I, I spend as much time on social media as anybody, right? For promoting the podcast, for promoting my brand, for connecting with people. I really have to, as I get coached, and as I coach other people, I say it, I said it already and I'll say it again. You have to keep social media social. That's why people get on there. If you think about human behavior and we don't, none of us watch commercials anymore, right? We're on demand, we're Netflix, we're Hulu, you know, whatever. Yeah. So in the event that we're watching a live sporting event, you know, football, pro football started on Sunday. If we're watching a pro sporting event or the Emmys or something and a commercial happens to watch over us, what's the first thing we do, right? We, we pick up our phone and we want to get lost for a second and go see pictures of stuff. We want to know what's going on with our friends and family members. And we don't want to see your mortgage vocabulary. We don't want to see necessarily even your surveys in that particular moment. I'm not saying that some of that's not good content to put out to create trust in your abilities and brand as a mortgage professional. But I was at a speaking engagement last week and, and one of the questions was asked is, how often do I post and what do I post? Because I don't even get on Facebook anymore because all it is is people posting about their businesses and I get done with work and I don't want to go back to work. And we're, we're creating the environment for people to not want to engage with us because at our jobs, we're being our business personality. On social media, we're being our business personality. And some people may not even want to take the relationship offline because they're afraid that if we go have coffee or if we go have lunch, 
they're still going to talk about their business. Well, and so who you know, are as a person? Yes. So, yeah, and I think one of the worst things in the world is an autoresponder, you know, that says, hey, I was looking at your site. Well, no, you weren't because it's an autoresponder. Um, I was looking at your site and I wanted to know if you wanted to work more on your SEO for your website and blah, 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 blah. There's just no, no private. And, and immediately, I, if someone friends me, like, I mean, if I accept a friendship and they immediately do that, I immediately unfriend them. Yes. There's too many people in the world. We don't have to worry about, you know, making everybody happy. Okay. So, so, you know, I think this is going to be a fantastic topic for us to talk about when we're, you know, down in Tampa about what is true engagement. I mean, the true definition. So I'll be looking that up. Don't worry. I got it. Covered. <laughs> but I'm going to look that up because it's, I think that's what we need to really understand. Okay. So let's get back to, um, know, like, and trust. And I talk about this quite a bit when I speak, which is, you know, people know you. Hi. <laughs> right. They like you. They like you. Right. But they can never, ever get to trust without knowing who you are, not what you do. Right. And so that's the key to getting business. It's the key to and, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It's the key to getting businesses. People need to know no like no like and trust you, but it's not knowing what you do. It's knowing who you are. Yes. That's the key thing is knowing who you are. In fact, I'm going to give you a, a quick story. And then I'd like to hear what you have to say about this as well, because even though we, we are doing social media, we also have this sort of old acquainted, you know, high touch, high tech, right? We've all right, talked right. about that for years. We still have that way of doing business and we still need to be able to do that. Um, but I, I remember when I, you know, and I had a 35-year career in London. So I remember when I was a wholesale rep uh, for World Savings, and all we had was NAGAM loans. And this was before everybody else got into option loan and, and kind of screwed it up, to be honest, because these loans were fantastic. But I was, I was probably, I, let me think, my kids were probably two years old, so I was probably 24. 25, 26, something like that. And here I am going into these, you know, mortgage companies, mortgage brokers. And back then, you know, as a woman going in, it was, you know, cutie, and, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. There's always the innuendos and whatnot. And here I am working and working and working. And one day, this one guy said to me, uh, he came out of his office. I was kind of making a sales call. And I came out of his office and he said, I remember leaning around his office. And he goes, wait a minute, you have kids? I said, yeah, I have two kids. And he said, oh my God, if I had known that, I would have given you business a long time ago. I thought you were in here to get business to just blow it, to blow the money. Wow. And I, I thought, well, that's very shallow. So I think, wow, yeah. But here we are, you know, 20 some years later, and I'm still talking about this. And so I made a shift in my business immediately to say, and it's hard because, you know, one, I was young, two, I was a woman back then. It was really tough, right? Um, and I was a woman, and so I was trying to be professional the whole time. You know, don't talk about personal stuff, just be professional. And that was to my demise, you know, un unbeknownst to me, you know, I was sabotaging my own business mm -hmm. because I wasn't letting people in. We had that coat of armor up, Right. So let's talk about that for you and how your, your thoughts are on this and your opinions about ways that people can 
um, create stronger relationships, actually get business in a high touch setting. For sure. And I think it's, it's a, it's a great story because it describes not only where the business was, it still describes where it is to a certain degree. Yeah. As I said a second ago, people do business with people they like. And to your point, people want to know more about who you are, not just what you do. It's, yeah. it's the same way when we introduce ourselves. The first thing we go to is, hi, I'm Phil Treadwell and that I list my occupation. I do what I do for business. We identify with that as humans so much. Yeah. And something that I say, similar to your no like trust, part of the slogan we have on our podcast and a recurring theme is that effective marketing is that balance of trust and attention. Mm -hmm. You can have a lot of attention, whether it be through social media or on uh, speaking engagements or whatever, but if someone doesn't trust you, they're still not going to do business with you. At the same token, you could be one of the most trusted professionals out there, but if people don't know who you are, you, you can't create leads and do business. And it has to be both. And the way that you get people's attention could be a myriad of things. What I do know is that most people don't care about the different types of loan programs that you're trying to teach people about on social media, unless they're actually at that exact moment when they're buying a home and need to choose. Yes. Yeah, so really what I think people need to understand is the easiest way to create attention with people is to find things that you have in common. What are some outside of work, right? You know, people a lot of times will talk about going to, I'm, I'm a lake person. So when somebody posts about, you know, they're, they're on wave runners or on the boat or on the lake, like I, I identify with that. It's amazing how many people that I sit there and I start following their content because I saw them and their family were at the lake or, you know, they travel a lot or whatever. And we identify with those things as humans and we're, we're by nature voyeurs. We want to know about people. So if you're, you're trying to use those things as content, if you will, and you're putting things out there on social media, it makes it that much easier to create that human relationship. So that's where the high tech part of it is. And then when you meet people, it's so important to remember. That's why birthdays work so well, sending birthday cards and happy anniversaries. And that's where those things work because it's something that's very, very personal to that person. Yeah. which there's, there's a tip, the root word of personal is about a person. And so when, whenever we go to those happy hour events, when we go to real estate offices, whenever we're in the community, if we actually have something to say to them, people are blown away and they remember you more. They remember your name. And then it's so funny whenever you talk about someone else's life and you go personal, what's the next thing? Well, what is it that you do? If you meet someone on the street or on the train or as, as it is for me, a lot of times in the waiting room outside of a dressing room, like I'm talking to the other guys out there, hey, where are you from? You know, what's cool restaurants around here? Hey, well, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think people need to remember that the greatest way to create relationships around if, if your goal is to promote your business, is to build your business, is to create leads and potential referral sources the best way to do that is to not do that at all and just be a person people want to be around, make it about them, talk to them about things they care about. Again, that aren't rate sheets and loan programs and mortgage vocabulary and your reviews of, of five stars. Those are all super important. I'm, I'm huge on relationship management and, and reviews and things of that nature. But that's whenever someone already knows who you are and they want to do business with you and they're potentially trying to choose between you and someone else. Then you talk about your reputation. Don't lead in that with a conversation because most people just won't pay attention. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, and that, and that is, I believe, what I'm experiencing right now um, as a challenge for loan officers 
um, as I'm speaking to loan officers right now, uh, because my podcast is for everybody, right? Um, as I'm speaking to loan officers right now, is that the con- not the not the conversion rate of lead to application, but the con- or contract, but the conversion rate and the fallout that's happening once the application is in now, because there's no stickiness, there's no roots that are that are embedded in. Um, the relationship, and so throughout the process, people are second guessing and looking other other places right now, and people are really struggled with, have been really struggling with a lot of fallout, and I think that that um, lends itself to that. And gosh, you know, Zillow just came out with a report on this um, or a statistic on it that the average loan officer uh, builds a relationship or spends time building a relationship with a client on the phone. Um, the average time is eight seconds. Wow. It's sad. And what needs to happen is it needs to be a minimum of three minutes, which to me is sad. Mm. <laughs> it's still sad, right? Yes. Because I like spending lots of time with clients on the phone, right? But three se- or eight seconds, it's, it's amazing to think that, you know, that you think that someone is going to play so much of their trust and confidence in you after a three-second conversation. I, I 100% uh, identify with this and seen loan officers that I'm coaching um, have some of that. And I think a big reason is we're not paying attention to who that market is. So millennials, for example, 48% of all new mortgages in the first two quarters were millennials, 37, 38, and younger. They want technology in an efficient process and they want to communicate that way. But if you look at that people group, they were either at home or just out of the house when the housing crisis happened and they saw firsthand what happened. So while they lean on social media and technology and things like that for the process and take pictures of their pay stubs and to communicate, they still want to know that they're making a good sound financial decision in their home choice and the home ownership opportunity. And a part of building that trust, as we've said a couple of times now, is about taking time and developing a relationship with that person. So it's very easy to understand why in an age where they're being bombarded because so many lenders think, well, they want technology, they want to be communicated with that way, and they do to a certain degree. It's very distracting if you have not solidified that relationship and spent time with them and created trust that you're helping them make a sound financial decision. And that's why those two go hand in hand. Yeah, now that you, you're spot on, and I, I love that because it's, uh, yeah, it's exactly where it is, and and I think it's just the pace, the pace that everybody goes. You know, um, I always tell everybody slow down to speed up instead of speeding up to slow down because what happens is if you speed through that process, and I think anybody, any, you know, any though anyone who's listening, you know, non mortgage, is that when you speed up through that sales process, you end up slowing things down because you have to backtrack and you have to do things over and you have to resell and you have to convince. And if you can slow down, you will speed up so much more on the other side. But you know, that has to do with something I don't want to talk about today, which is tracking people, right? (laughs) You have to track to know what that case is, you know, what that situation is that you understand whether you, you know, your tactic is better speeding up to slow down or whether it's going to be a slow down to speed up. And, you know, most of the loan officers that are in the top in the country and, you know, myself included until last year when I got out of lending, you know, I retired as a mortgage lender. Um, we all spent hours with our clients before we did loans. We met them 
face to face. It wasn't like it is now with so many people. So there's still you- a yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. So, what are your thoughts on that? Go ahead. Yeah, no. The there's a there's statistic out there, um, and I don't know the exact number, but I want to say it was around 55 or 60 percent of customers say they'll stay with a lender who meets with them face to face, even when they're brought to someone you know that with a better rate or a better opportunity, you know, in in, in quotes. Um, and I think that that's very important. I met most all of my clients in person as an originator and I was a top producer in about a six or seven state region at, at the height of my production. I don't originate anymore as a, as a regional manager. I, I coach and, and work with our loan officers on the ground, but I still advise that they try to get face to face with people for the exact reason that we're talking about. I understand, you know, the, efficiency of wanting people to apply online first. And, and even whenever online applications weren't a huge thing, that was a criteria I had is I really need to do an application online. If you have difficulty, let me know, but let's start there. But when we got through that initial process and it was time, okay, we have a contract, we're ready to make this loan, you know, uh, and, and get through the process of it. Um, I would always meet people face to face. I wanted them to know I was here, that my time was, was worth it to them. I tried to make almost every closing. I understand the arguments for going to closings and not, and I'm not necessarily here to debate that, but I think that there's lots of opportunities that we forego face-to-face because in our minds we're thinking, hey, well, they see my reviews on social media or I posted a picture about XYZ, so that's the same thing. No, that's crazy. And quite frankly, I mean, I'm going to tell you from my perspective, I don't, I don't even look at reviews. I don't look at them, so I don't give a rat's you-know-what about reviews. I'm, I'm all about people yes. and how I feel and what my gut is, right? I mean, that's how I am. I'm just telling you how I feel about, about that. Sure. Um, and so, I, but, I, but I don't uh, discourage anybody from getting them. It's just my personal opinion. Sure. And I think there's it. lots of ways to look at it. And, and yeah. to your point, you're measuring up the person because it's about the relationship. And that's really what's key. That's what solidifies. If we have a friend who builds houses and we're ready to build a house, chances are we're going to talk to them first. If we have someone that fixes cars and our car's broken down, that's typically the first call. And that's what we want to do as mortgage professionals, real estate professionals, you know, whatever professional you are, brand yourself within your social circle. You'll create leads. You'll have a higher conversion rate because that relationship's there. And so the lesson that we can take is people that are, you know, either acquaintances or or perfect strangers, we have to take the time to create that relationship, create that stickiness so that they will continue through that process. So I think reviews are important from a research standpoint, but that's not necessarily going to make them stay in the process of, oh, I've got this better deal over here, but man, this guy's got more five-star reviews. I better stay right here. I I think that there's uh, some some understanding and perspective we have to put around it. Yeah. And here's why, here's why it is. First of all, I own Airbnbs. Okay. And so here's why I have that issue. I just got back from being in an Airbnb in Phoenix with a um, a bunch of other international speakers. And we were all in an Airbnb and doing a retreat and the whole thing. The Airbnb had five-star review. The Airbnb sucked. Awful. And I hate, I never use that word, but it was awful. The the communication was awful. The house wasn't clean. Everything was broken. It was awful. And so, you know, that to me is fake and I don't believe in fake and in anything I do. I can't stand that. But for me, that that's where the issue really lies. I was going to share with you, you know, years and years and years ago, because I, I love tracking. I'm just a numbers person. Years and years ago. Um, so my conversion rate on the phone was like 33%. 
Okay. And I, of course, did self-assessment is, uh, you know, am I, I'm going too much? Am I giving too much information? Am I not, uh, you know, bringing the relationship in enough? Um, what are my phone skills like, right? I definitely did an assessment on that and tweak things to get that up. Because I think before that, it was like 24, 25% or something. And I got it, I got it further up. Um, but I kept note of, you know, when I get a referral and I talk to him on the phone and I send at the time a good faith estimate, right? I send a GFE. Someone called, hey, my, my realtor called and said I need to give it a good faith estimate, which is silly because you haven't even bought a house or found a house. But my rates too, two percent. Wow, you're better right. than anybody. Yep, it's subject to change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, they would call in and they would say, "Hey, I want to get a rate," and I'd say, "Okay," you know, and I'd send a good faith estimate. So I started tracking that. Right? I lost. I shouldn't say lost because if you didn't have it, you never got it. One hundred percent of the time, I did not do the loan when I sent a good faith estimate. One hundred percent of the time, I did not do a loan. So I, and I kept tracking and saying, okay, do I send up, give me some time here. I mean, think about the time scale of this, right? Did I send a, a borrower package? Did I, and then it progressed to, did I email a borrower package? Did I send a thank you note, right? Did that have an impact on, on my conversion rate? But it wasn't until I had, did I meet with them face-to-face, -face, right? And I always met with everyone face-to-face -face, and people gave me a hard time saying, you're, you're to waste your time. But. When I met with people face-to-face, -face, my conversion ratio was 87%. Mm -hmm. So where do I want to be spending my time? Yik-yakking with people on the phone, doing good faith estimates, sending it over, hoping, letting them ghost on me back and forth, da da da, da or spend one hour developing a really deep relationship that I know has perpetuity if I play my cards right on the backside, right, and keep in touch with them and nurture with them and so literally and you can ask people who worked with me at the time i was with george Mason mortgage in um leesburg and people would call and say hey my my realtor which my realtors didn't do this so these right. are realtors that knew of me and decided to send me something my realtor said okay call and get a rate sheet i would literally say i don't do them well what do you mean you don't do them i don't i mean not a rate sheet of good faith i don't do them you and the client would be like, <laughs> I go, but I have someone in my office who will. Would you like for me to do that? Yeah, that sounds good. I put him on hold. I walk out of my office and <laughs> the pit and say, hey, does anybody want a new lead? And I had a bunch of horseshacks. And so for those of you that are young, you know, from Welcome Back, Cotter, Way Way, going, ooh, 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 me, me, right? And I would just transfer the call yep. because it meant nothing to me. I, yep. The referral source wasn't anything that meant anything mm -hmm. to me. The client didn't mean anything to me. They weren't willing to meet, they're out of there. Yep. It wasn't worth my time. So two quick things along that. I know you didn't want to go too far into tracking, no, but I think this is an important point. I'm huge on time tracking and turning that into time blocking. Mm -hmm. But about 15, actually it was before I got in the mortgage business, so probably 16, 17 years ago, I read a book that was recommended to me called How I Raise Myself from Failure to Success in Selling by Frank Betger, who is a personal friend of Dale Carnegie's. Dale Carnegie said, I want you to write a book on sales. Um, the short version of kind of the synopsis of the story that I recommend everyone read and recommend it to all of my loan officers is he started out as a semi-pro baseball player, double A, just through enthusiasm was able to go from sitting on the bench to playing. And then he went into life insurance. And this is, you know, early in the, in the 1900s. 
He sold corporate life insurance, but he tracked everything. He mm -hmm. talked about his appearance. He talked about the, the calls that he made in person on the cold calling and what he realized right. All of a time of day, everything tracked everything. And so what he found is that in the, the sales that he had, um, like 70% of them were in the first three meetings, the first three calls and only 30% came in four five and six. Well, what's going to happen? His business is immediately going to go up substantially if he'll just focus on doing those first three meetings with, with new clients. And so the moral of that is, and when I coach, I talk about the three E's, effort, effectiveness, and efficiency. Effort is tracking every single thing that you do with every, the, the circumstances, everything. The next thing is finding out, okay, what worked? Well, that's what we're effective in. And then you become efficient by doubling down and doing nothing but those tasks that you're effective at, which is exactly what you described with your meeting in person. And I do that with my, with my loan officers all the time. And, and a recent example, a loan officer realized if she had coffee or lunch or some type of a sit down where she's, there's a tip, building a relationship with someone, she always got a lead from that conversation. She always had a buyer to get pre-approved. And I said, then you need to do nothing but stack your entire day with appointments face-to-face -face yeah. with realtors. Well, because, and, most, and most likely, I mean, to go a little deeper on that, she's probably saying the right thing to the right people as well and not showing up and throwing up with product. Right. So she's letting her personality shine through. You know, I do an exercise with all my clients. We, we write some phrases, right? Some phrases that differentiate you. And every time that I have people write these phrases, even though I say, I want you to write this phrase as if you're talking to a client, as if you're talking to a referral partner, if you're talking to someone in a networking event, right? Because there's a different in, in social, um, I don't mean social, um, a dinner party, right? Or something like that. You're in a social environment. I want you to write who you are and what you do in these different facets. I always get back one, not multiple, and it's always directed to a realtor for my lending clients. It's always directed to a realtor on how their product will help their client. I love it. And, and I'm like, didn't we just talk about this? Didn't we just say we don't talk about product? Didn't we just say, <laughs> But it's such an easy thing. And I think no matter what you do, I have a friend who's an HVAC guy. And what he does is he just, he gets into the technicalities and he loses everybody. Absolutely. All the time. And, you know, I said, look, if you could just talk to me like I'm an elementary school teacher about HVAC, I would really, really love it. And so what he did is he actually developed a, a way of talking by using a straw and talking about that's how air flows through. And if the straw had holes in it, then your air isn't really good. And what we do is we come in and we seal the holes so that you have better efficiency in your house. Well, now I get it. <laughs> now I understand. Right. right. We just don't do that. But no, I think that's wonderful. Okay. So as we finish up today, and I know it's been very loose conversation. I love it. That's I'm very informal on my podcast. Um, and uh, we kind of close up here. What are you taught telling your uh, loan officers for that is the big thing for next year? How are you prepping for next year right now? So I think it's kind of a three-pronged approach that come to mind. First is we're probably going to continue to be in a lower rate environment. Mm -hmm. um, I, from best indications of what I've seen in, in markets, um, we're going to continue to up and down, up and down. It's never going to be a straight up or straight down, but we're going we're to have a pretty low rate environment. So 
be working your databases, following up with people. Um, you know, the easiest way to do more business is to convert more of the leads that you already have and not necessarily create more. So asking for referrals from your happy customers and working that database um, and also making sure to focus on being where people aren't. And that's a mix of high tech and high touch. When we talk about adding value, the biggest value that I think we can offer someone is their time because we, we, we none of us have enough of it. So if that means curating information into a newsletter that you either email out or mail out, um, is that sending, you know, thank you cards to people find somewhere where people aren't. Um, a lot of people are posting a lot of reviews on social media. So maybe you don't do that. Maybe you find something different, but I think people need to be self-aware about what their strengths are. And that's really what we're promoting is find something that you're good at that you enjoy, enjoy doing because day in and day out, you need to be able to focus on that and do it over and over and over, whether you see results or not. Um, try to be where people aren't, understand that the, the market environment that we're in, understand who our buyers are and, and how to capture their attention and what they need to know to create that trust. And so um, that's kind of how we build our business plans and marketing plans is, is around those things. And it's a little bit different for everyone because everyone has a different, uh, you know, strength and weaknesses mix. And then we hire people around them to fill in the parts of it that maybe they're not as strong as that. So um, I don't know if that directly answers your question, but those no, are some no, it things. Does. It does. And I mean, I mean, just generally right now, I'm asking people this, um, you know, in this particular time. And I know that, you know, podcasts are evergreen, but it's always a good opportunity, even if you're listening to this, you know, April and a couple of years from now. You know, it's what, what are things that I could be doing differently right now? And especially, you know, if you're stuck, if you're, you know, you're in a stall with your business, it's a great opportunity to just hear what other people are thinking about and doing. So the last question I have for you is either a quote or a book that you would recommend reading right now. Oh, both come to mind, actually. Um, the book that I would recommend is uh, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal book. It's not what people think. Um, it talks a lot about human behavior and, um, the brain aspect of it. And, you know, my favorite quote is, uh, Thomas Edison is, um, that the danger for most is, uh, that the opportunity is missed by most because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. And uh, I think that that's something that people are missing right now is, there's so many things that make us more efficient that we forget that efficiency doesn't necessarily mean that we don't need to be working hard. And so we're, we're focusing a lot on you need to, you need to double down and work as hard as you ever have um, because that's right now is where the opportunity is. I love that. Okay. Don't forget that quote. Cause I'm going to ask you that at the thing. I always ask the quotes. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, make sure you're ready. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And if people have any questions, you know, if they're listening and they have any questions, they want to open up a door with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I'm on all social medias uh, at Phil Treadwell. You can find me. I'm pretty easy to find on social. Uh, website is philtreadwell.com. My email is just phil at philtreadwell.com. And then if they wanted to listen to the podcast, it's a mortgage marketing expert podcast, um, same name.com and, and uh, on all the socials as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you again uh, for coming on and sharing um, this information and, you know, sharing and allowing me to take you off the digital a little bit and into the personal. Um, I know that, that someone's got some type of a nugget out of it. I know I always learn from listening to you and talking with you. And I just say thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom with us today. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I, I appreciate so much what you do and have done for the industry. I've always been a big fan of your podcast. It was one of the inspirations for me to start mine as well. So thank you very much for having me on. It's been, it's definitely been a pleasure. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And I will see you in a couple of weeks as well. In a few weeks. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. Can't get enough and want more? Visit jenduplessis.com to book Jen to speak at your event or company or learn about her coaching programs. You can schedule your private strategy session with Jen by texting strategy to 66866. If you want to multiply your results in record time while working less and having a life, contact Jen today. Thanks again and be sure to tune in next week.